what that makes me want to do is learn about the West Memphis motherfucking three. Man, you need therapy. I was like, man, please don't say, like, kill three boys in a river. Like, oh, oh no. Oh, oh God, you. dude. No. No. Not it. Not it. Not it. Not it. <laughs> oh, my God. So if you're hearing me sip and you're hearing me swaller, <clears throat> then, uh, oh, God, that's a, well, that was a terrible when you gargle, All like that. Yeah. Uh, that means that you've just tuned in to Untethered by Tether Radio. Um, we are on episode 100, part four. For the fourth part week in a row. God. <laughs> so technically, when we look, when, when we look back at the... Brutus. Shut up, Brutus. Brutus has it. opinions. <laughs> when we look back at the number of episodes that we have recorded, it'll be 267 regulars and like a thousand untethered. <laughs> <laughs> yes, basically. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. No, no, yeah, you're we're, we're gonna lap. We're gonna lap normal episode. If we let we Allie this- do a couple more specials, dude, we're gonna lap normal episodes real shortly. We did this back <laughs> with uh, episode 100 of Regular Tether, where yeah. we made it like a uh, hundred and then like a hundred point five. Yeah. Right? yeah. It was like 99.5. Yeah, yeah. 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 I can't remember how we went, yeah. but, but oh, yeah, no, it was like three there. or something. No, it was I just know. before you, but it was, dude, yeah. it was, oh, that was, that was like a really fun one, man. I know. I would have wrote Megan back in for another one. Okay, cool. Cause I've got a, pro- I've, I've got a project I was just thinking about today. Yeah. I would even be down. Uh, let's see. What do we, we're at we were at two sixty seven this past Monday. Yeah. So um, aim for three hundred. Maybe oh, I would even be down for like two seventy five. That's pretty soon. I'm fine I mean, with it. That's, that's I'm eight fine weeks. With it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a decent bit of time. Yeah. So I don't know. Just yeah. throwing it around. Yeah. I, honestly, and if nothing else, why do we have to wait on like big? We don't. You know? We can just do them. Maybe whenever. we can just like brainstorm some shit and just like yeah. you know when it's good, let's fucking rock and roll. So, yeah. um. But anyway, fuck it. You know what? Let's just throw everyone for a loop and have three other people host it for a week and see what happens. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that? Just that three random people show up and like, wait a second, what? Hey, what's up? What's Welcome that? to what? the Tether Radio Podcast. I'm, uh, I don't even know. I can't come up with the name. I'm Bobbert. <laughs> Bobbert. <laughs> I told Megan, I only want to, I want to have a second child. Just to name them Bobber. Oh my god! So especially Please if don't. it's a girl. Yeah, exactly. Mm-mm. Perfect. <laughs> don't ruin a child's life for that. I for, know. For a joke, right? <laughs> for a <laughs> bit. I it's all for the for bit. bit. I was supposed to be James Edward until I came out and wasn't properly equipped, and they had to scramble for a name. And I'm still like, I wish they had named me James Edward. I would be even more insane. Dude. Yeah, I wish they would have too, because you're more properly equipped than most men out are out there. So. That makes it sound like, like I have a dick, dude. <laughs> no, I'm not, not like physically. But. I was wondering who was playing like footsie with oh, me, no. but like Al- both of Allie's legs are to no. the left side of her chair. So it's me, bro. I have telescoping fucking knees now. Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My God, he's he's paid the hundred thirty thousand quid, man. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. not the quid. All you have to do is twist them a few times. Grab stick and twist it. Ah, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we, I don't oh want to. Dude, this is MMA fight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to eat into the sure, uh, sure, sure. the episode any more than we absolutely have to because I know that you've got plenty of stuff. I have so. plenty. Thankfully, not as much as last week. No, no, by a little bit. No, so. not thankfully, dude. Well, no, we we enjoy just, it, man. I know, I know, but I'm trying not to make these like as long as our regular episodes. Is sure, all. sure, sure, sure. Well, um. Well, you know what? Without further ado, Allie, this is uh, West Memphis 3, Part 4. Take it away. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and once again, if you're listening, thank you so much. Please don't fucking start here. (laughs) There's been three parts before, and I can't summarize them. So, um, start at Part 1, and then uh, catch back up. Here's the summary. (laughs) Start at Part 1. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) if you want a summary, look at the wiki page, but then you're still going to be like, well, what all have I missed? And it's it's a lot. It's been a lot. Mm. Um, Thankfully, we're getting into the last trial, and then we'll get through, like, what all happened after the trials and the sentencing and stuff like that. Okay. So... Um, so the victim's families talked to the media right after Jesse Miss Kelly was convicted and they just said a bunch of terrible shit that they wished upon him, which I know is kind of the trend to do, you know? Sure. Um, the Moors didn't really say much at all, but Pam Hobbs, who was Stevie Branch's mother said that she hoped Jesse would have a long and tormented life in prison. And then the Byerses had plenty to say because they always did. Yeah. Uh, Melissa Byers said that she hopes, quote, they get his ass right off the bat because he deserves to be tortured and punished for the rest of his life for murdering three eight-year-old children. Prison's not a safe place, and I'm going to mail him a skirt. Look, listen, this is all following a investigation that was very rushed. A lot of the people involved in it were just jumping to conclusions, and even the trial was a complete mess yeah like the pi is just like at at this point in the book the pi is just like i am blown away with how many things can get fucked up in one case yeah like what, what was his name it, again ron lax yeah okay it's it's a perfect example of people being hired and or elected into a small town office and then just getting something major thrown on their place and it finally showing how unqualified those people and actually man. are and yeah. and just how quick people are to be like well this person is weird and they're different so they must be a demon yeah you know or let's not let's not look into all the facts and just run with the first thing that everyone says yeah right yeah so this this makes sense though because it's it's like god man and I, i'm i'm going to make um yeah. I'm going to make assumptions kind of thing, but it's like, dude, in lower socioeconomic, sure. you know, it's like, they're not going to be normally well-read. Yeah. They're not going to be like, uh, keeping up with stuff. It's like, Oh, well, what the news tells me or what these people that, that are in power that in my eyes in power kind of thing. Yeah. What they say, it's like, mm-hmm. that's what fucking happened, you yeah. know? And it's like, it, it's yeah. frustrating, but it's like, man, it, I like, you know, when when you're being fed this information, I can only imagine what kind of sentiment well, I would it's have the equivalent, toward, you know, these people. So it's the equivalent equivalent of nowadays just taking what your uncle said on Facebook at fa- like at well, it's the court of public know, opinion, truth. man. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely what it is. It's and then just you like, turn into like, well, I heard that uh, Damien had the one boy's genitals in a jar in his room, yeah. and it's like. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. Yeah. And also the unprofessionalism and just leaking of evidence. So by many the leaks. I actually have like further down in my notes in today's that I'm like, 
every time something gets leaked to the media, we should make that a drinking game, but we would be yeah. fucking blackout. Like, yeah, wasted. Okay, so um, Jesse's lawyers just immediately announced they're going to appeal, which, of course, that's normal. Um, the prosecutors actually told the media that Jesse's life without parole sentence might not be final yet because Judge Burnett still had, I think, four months that he could reduce the sentence if Jesse agreed to testify against Damien and Jason. Mm. Um, Damien's lawyer said that he was like, he hoped that because he was in a less poor county than where Jesse had been tried, that he would have a more educated jury pool and like maybe have a better chance. Mm-hmm. And he would have a better, like, more educated jury pool. But, like, Craighead County, where his trial was, was one yeah. of the most religiously conservative parts of the state. And it had several large fundamentalist Christian churches. So you throw the Satanism or whatever, like, even the facade of Satanism kind yeah. of thing. And it's like, yeah, yeah automatically. Saw- like, you're already planting a seed yeah. and setting... Yeah. I saw someone word something on like a like an article about the West Memphis three that was like basically if you weren't Baptist you were considered satanic, which yeah. is a good mm. definitely like a uh, hyperbole, but sure. makes a good point. You no, know, dude, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jason's lawyers were still trying to get his trial separated from Damien's, so they were trying not to mix Jason up in the Satanism, the occult practices, and the general weirdness <laughs> that kept getting wow. mentioned about Damien. Uh. Hey, what's our defense? Uh, let's not lump you into weirdness. Yeah, yeah. Like I just you don't uh, want to you don't want to appear weird. I don't want but. them to build a case that I'm weird. Yeah, fuck <laughs> these people. Uh, Judge wild. Burnett kept saying, "No, we're not separating the trials." But hey, I'll uh, I'll point out to the jury that if any of that comes up, they are to remember that they're you know trying these two guys separately. I'm like, then why are they trying? <laughs> what? <laughs> So the prosecution had some issues too. All that they really had against Jesse had been his confession, but now they were going to trial against these two defendants who had not confessed. And if Jesse wouldn't testify at their trial, they wouldn't be able to even mention his confession. Oh, wow. Which makes sense. Um, And then playing his confession tape would have violated the defendant's rights to face their accusers at trial. So they couldn't play Uh, that either. Okay. Jesse's confession had been leaked to the press right after he'd been arrested, though, and the media reported a shit ton oh. about all of his accusations. And Wait, it got leaked? What? No. In Arkansas? <laughs> no. And then his, you know, Jesse's trial brought even more attention to his confession. Like, I mean, that was common news yeah. at that point. Yeah. And it wasn't likely that they could seat 12 jurors who weren't aware of his confession and his accusations <laughs> against Damien and Jason. Mm. Um, Judge Burnett mentioned that at one point during the trial, but... Uh, like they couldn't admit the confession, but he was pretty much, he's like, the jurors all know of it. Yeah. Um, so here is literally all of the evidence that the prosecutors had going into Damien and Jason's trial. This okay. is against both dudes combined. Three fibers. <laughs> Witnesses claiming they had seen Damien and Dominie walking on the service road near the crime scene. But this puts Dominie at the scene and doesn't include Jason. So like, that's problematic. Yeah. Statements from the kids at the girls' softball game who said that mm-hmm. they overheard Damien bragging that he had killed the three boys. Uh, There's nothing more reliable than a teenage kid. Right. Right. Um, a boy in jail with Jason who had said Jason made some incriminating statements. And then the last, this was a quote. Oh, yes. And the knife in the lake. That's what? everything they oh, have. Oh, by the way. <laughs> I mean. Why are we going to trial? This is insane. Spoiler. We know how it goes, but, like, it shouldn't have. This is insane. Yeah. So, 
without Jesse testifying, the prosecutors, Davis and Fogelman, would only have just this little bit of circumstantial evidence to try to get a death penalty conviction. Wow, dude. Which, remember... The fact that they're going... What? The fact that they were going like trying to get a death penalty on such a fucked up case is beyond me. They did. I mean, they got... They got Damien as the death penalty. Yeah, I, I know, but just looking back, like you said, yeah. hindsight is twenty twenty. But just looking back of how fucked up this case was and how many holes you can poke at it at any given time. Yeah. From, oh yeah, like not proper evidence gathering. Holes to a you could put. This is like cheesecloth. You don't need to poke any yeah. holes in yeah. it. Like it's, it, it's just no. It's insane. Yeah, it's just a sieve. Like yeah. Ugh. So um, Jesse was driven three hours by the sheriff's deputies to the prison in South Arkansas. And they're on this fucking long drive with this kid. And they're like, is there anything you want to say? We can't use anything against you in court. So he started fucking talking because the kid mm-hmm. never learns. Yeah. So one of the deputies said that Jesse admitted again that he was involved in the murders. And he again accused Damien and Jason. And guess what? He changed his story even more. Like, what are, what are we doing? The deputy told him that he had been drinking some Evan Williams whiskey that night that Vicki Hutchison bought for him. And Damien and Jason were drinking some beer. All three of them were smoking weed. Then they all went to the woods and they saw the three boys. Damien told Jesse and Jason to hide and Damien grabbed Michael Moore. The other two boys started hitting Damien. So Jesse and Jason jumped out and helped Damien hit the boys with sticks. Like, where are you even? You're just yeah, making it right? up as you go I mean, again, like, what right? What is happening? So he said Damien and Jason took turns raping the boys, which again, there was no evidence yeah. of rape, you know? Yeah. On and on and on, all these details about all the beatings and murders. The deputy concluded that Jesse says he feels sorry for what happened, and he sounds like he's probably going to testify against those other defendants to help himself and keep them from going free. The prosecutors hear all of this in the report, and they call Stidham, Jesse's lawyer, to talk about a post-conviction plea bargain. Stidham and Gitchell and the prosecutors went down to the prison to talk to Jesse, and during this new confession, he kind of went through the same stuff again, he mentioned that he threw that bottle of whiskey near a highway overpass. Fogelman said they went back there and they found the neck of an Evan Williams bottle near an overpass. No fucking way on the side of the highway? Hang on. No. The book yeah. even says near one of the country's busiest highways, you find a cheap whiskey bottle. There's no way that happens ever. And oh also, this is a year after the murders, almost. Yeah. What the yeah, fuck? Fucking, in case you... Don't pick up that was so oh. much. Yeah. Like I, I'm being sarcastic. Yes. Total sarcasm yeah. there. <laughs> so That's wild. Stidham meets with Jesse a couple times and then he informs the state that Jesse would not be testifying against Damien and Jason. Damien's attorneys told the judge that they wanted him to order the HBO filmmakers to turn over this one chunk of footage that they had of Mark Byers, mm. which I, I looked and I couldn't find whether this segment actually exists. I'm, uh. I'm going to watch this documentary and I'll tell y'all, but, um, in the segment that they wanted, Byers was shown standing where the bodies had been found. This, part, this part's a quote. Talking about being accosted when he was 18 or 19 years old, tied up, sodomized, and thrown into a ditch. Wait, like the dad Byers? The dad. The dad is saying yeah. that that happened to him when he was a teenager. I mean, all right. What? Well, but we already knew the buyers are just like fucking yeah. looking for their 15 minutes of fame kind of thing, right? Well, not, they definitely don't want to be involved well, in the... They don't want to be involved in that, but like... But they sure do want to talk. They want to, you know, they want to get interviewed. Oh, yeah. They want to get like oh, fucking... buyers, you know. anytime anybody had a camera out, yeah, buyers like, exactly. I have thoughts. Exactly. And just talked and talked and talked. Yeah. 
Um, Fogelman called Jesse's father to ask him to convince Jesse to testify. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you guys just put my kid away for life without the possibility of parole and you think he's going to... Are you... No. And so Jeez, the dad dude. said, no, he has no interest. So Davis asked Stidham, could the prosecutors ask Jesse themselves? And Stidham's like, fuck no. What? No. <laughs> yeah. So the prosecutors went to Judge Burnett. They didn't notify Stidham or Jesse's father, but they asked the judge to order Jesse to be taken out of the prison and brought up to Jonesboro where the trial would be. And this got leaked to the media. Of course it did. Take a drink. Oh, look at that. Okay. Stidham <laughs> learned that his client had been moved while he was watching the fucking news. Like, he didn't even know wow. he had been moved. Saw it on the wow. news. Wow, dude. Wow. Also, I feel like you should take a drink anytime anybody's furious or livid or pissed. Because <laughs> there's on. a lot dude, of that. You won't you're make it through this whole episode. Larry and I absolutely blasted. You just fucking hammered. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, uh, there was one part, and I was reading it on my Kindle, and the last word on the page, like, it was like something happened, and then the last word was a new sentence, and it just said Fogelman. And I went to like turn the virtual page and I was like, it's going to say was furious. Turned it and it was like, what's furious? <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I was like, I know these people's personalities. That's how enrolled and wrapped in this. Yeah. I am. yeah. <laughs> uh, so five days before Damien and Jason's trial would get started, Jesse was brought to the law office of an assistant attorney of Davis. They called Stidham at home fucking 6 15 PM. And they're like, Hey, we've got your boy here. He's about to make a statement. And Stidham's like, Stidham is livid. <laughs> Fuck. So he, he goes and picks up his partner, Greg Crow, and they drive the 45 minutes up there and they demand to speak to their client privately. Jesse told his lawyers that de the deputy he drove him up promised to bring his girlfriend to see him in the local jail. Like they're just fucking, they're straight up bribing him, you yeah, know? Absolutely. They had about 15 minutes with Jesse and then um, Davis opened the door and said, this meeting needs to end. It's time for Jesse to make a statement. And they were like, no, give us a couple more minutes. So he gives him just a few more minutes and then he comes back in with Fogelman and they say in front of Jesse that they're concerned that his lawyers would convince him not to talk. <laughs> Is there any code of ethics to any? No, doesn't seem like it. So Jesse because stood up from what it seems like no one knows any better. That's I the whole thing. I think the prosecutors know better and they are just deliberately thumbing their nose at it all. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Jesse stood up and said, well, they're, they're I do want to win. make a statement. Sorry. And he walked out with the prosecutors. Uh, what were you going to say? They're hired. What? Uh, well, they're, they're hired to, mm -hmm. they're, they're hired to win. Yeah. And it's like, dude, that's that, that is the shit thing is it's like, we can, we can win. Now we can like bend laws and we can like completely, you know, misconstrue things and like. And as long as it's not fully illegal. Yeah, then go I mean, ahead like, we can win, but how ethical is it? Yeah. Well, unless it can be proven that it's illegal, it's like, uh, you know, I mean, it's, you yeah. know, which is fucked. Mm. But. So at 8.02 p.m. with Jesse's lawyers present, Davis turned on a tape recorder and placed Jesse under oath. And it's, it's repetitive. I won't recount it, but it was really similar to what he had told the dudes in the car. Um, he mentioned the knife that he said that Jason used, saying he couldn't remember what it looked like, but he was sure it's a lock blade. The knife from the lake was not a folding knife. It was a fixed blade survival knife. So, like, yeah, it doesn't lock. Yeah. And Davis said, when you say a lock blade, you mean ones that one that folds out and locks? And Jesse's like, yeah. <laughs> so that's not looking great for your lake knife. Yeah. 
Um, Wait, no. <laughs> Show title. I know, right? <laughs> uh, Stidham formally notified Judge Burnett the next day that neither of the prosecutors should have any more contact with Jesse. But regardless, every single day till the trial, either one of the other prosecutors would go visit Jesse in jail. Stidham was not notified. Burnett knew and didn't stop it. God, dude. I, I hate so many people in this story. <laughs> well, it, it's just like, it's a complete and utter bastardization of the fucking like yeah, judicial system exactly. kind of thing. Like, what the fuck, yeah. man? So Stidham goes to Judge Burnett and he's got a list of all the times that the prosecutors went and talked to Jesse alone without Stidham's knowledge or consent, trying to convince him to testify. And Burnett just shrugs it off, you know? Um, Stidham said they're violating Jesse's right to remain silent and his right to have his lawyer present. And then they even like enticed him with bringing his girlfriend up to visit. Mm. And prosecutor Davis said that Stidham and Jesse's interests weren't the same at this point. What? What are you talking about? Dude. <laughs> and Burnett of course said, Oh, the prosecutors haven't done anything that would be misconduct. Wow. man. So our buddy, P.I. Ron Lax. Yes. He went back through the discovery files. Bless this dude. He had taken all the discovery shit and he put everything chronologically and by subject in order. Um, and then he also added his and his team's notes in there. Did you, uh, did you ever watch, um, oh my God, what the fuck was that show? It had uh, Jason Bateman, Laura Linney, uh, Ozark. Yeah, a little bit. It Man. makes me sad. Oh, it's it's, it's rough. Really? It's a good show. It's a good but, show. Wait, hang on. You could get through uh oh my god, what was that? Breaking the, Bad. Breaking Bad, but you couldn't get through that? I don't know. Really? I need okay. to go back to it. I also o- Ozark Ozarks Ozark Ozark. Okay. I pretty much like I couldn't binge Breaking Bad because I watched it like as it was coming out. Okay. And Ozark, like I want to binge watch everything, and Ozark is not made for that. I think no, that's my biggest it was, problem. It was rough. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We could only do a couple, but like, yeah. It this makes me think of that because toward the end of Ozark, there's a, a PI. I think it's a PI that's hired. And it's like, dude, he's doing better work than the police are doing. Oh, yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And then it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm able to piece this stuff, even though he had a connection to the police department. Yeah. So he kind of had an in. But like. And remember, as far as we know, Ron Lax is doing all this just for free. Yeah. Like, just to help out. I mean, like. It's weird how much you uncover when you you don't have bureaucracy and somebody's end goal in mind during your investigation. It's fascinating. And you're not just trying to punch a clock or yeah. just do yeah. the minimum that you're required to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's fucking crazy anyway. when you actually start doing what you're supposed to do and are not being held accountable for the results of the investigation in a negative manner. Right? And somewhere, yes. something said they had something like a thousand pages worth of of uh discovery and i i think that was even like a very low estimate of what all files and shit they had Jeez, so oh. um so lax noticed that there were several references to documents that he had never seen files that should have been turned over to the defense but never were mm. so this included notes from that patrol officer who searched the wood with buyers the night that the boys went missing a behavioral profile of the murderer that the fbi had put together when gitchell asked him to mm. um Bray's notes from his interviews with Vicky and Aaron Hutchison notes, reports and photos of the alleged location of that stupid S bat uh, <laughs> tape recordings from when Vicky's trailer had been wired. 
What? Like, they wired Vicky's trailer so that, like, when she would have Damien over, they could, like, hear what they were saying. And follow-up notes on the Memphis Police Department report about both the buyer's parents having been uh, confidential drug informants. So those are just some of the things that he notices are missing, you know? Um, During the last week of Jesse's trial, Bray had recorded yet another damn statement from poor little Aaron Hutchison, his most elaborate one yet. He said that his friends were beaten with long sticks that had dragons carved on them, and Damien and Jesse had poured blood into a glass and made Aaron drink it. Would you not have mentioned that at any like, point before? Fucking, like, way that, yes, and absolutely. Lax is like, surely they're not going to have him testify. Like, this is so over the top, right? So Vicky, his mom, had testified at Jesse's trial and would probably be called in this trial. Um, Lax wanted the lawyers to ask her about her past and about her inconsistencies in her stories, especially about the SBAT and about Damien driving the car when it was very commonly known Damien couldn't drive. Yeah. So since Byers knife had appeared, more info about his past came out. A tip got called into America's Most Wanted when they covered the West Memphis Three. The West Memphis uh boys, not the not the three, but like the yeah. the case. Uh-huh. Um this woman called in anonymously and said that Mark Byers had beaten his wife and kids in the past. And that on the night that the boys went missing, he had argued with Melissa and hit her several times. And then, uh, around the end of Jesse's trial, the defense had learned of Byers's conviction for threatening his ex-wife. So Lax goes and talks to the ex-wife. All right. And she says when she heard about the West Memphis murders, she immediately suspected Byers was responsible. And Hmm. I know you can have like a scorned ex. I, fully understand that but like that's a pretty big fucking thing to say yeah you know yeah um she said he was extremely violent and that her kids were deathly afraid of him she said she told gitchell her concerns but he said byers is not a suspect and you're just gonna have to deal with your own personal problems wow jesus christ so byers had attacked her six years prior which was proven in court with the recordings and now his stepson's murdered his account of his activities on the night of the murder don't line up with his family members activities like the way they told him yeah and now here's that knife of his with blood on it that might have been his son's and gitchell's saying he's not concerned with them (laughs) (laughs) the defense was worried that if and uh, sorry sorry gitchell's the lead inspector of the whole thing but but gitchell was the one that was like it was definitely damien he had something to do with it Um, or was that not gitchell who's the dude that like jerry driver ah damn it! i think jerry driver was was who really had the hard on for okay yeah and ridge is kind of driver's sidekick sort of okay um, there's so many characters. In no, this. I know. That's why I'm like, I, I, I should have taken notes. That's my own fault. So, so, uh, the, the defense worried that if they even like hinted that buyers might be a suspect without actually having good solid evidence that the jury would hate them for it, gotcha. which is valid, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Lax talked to a witness that the prosecution planned to call a 16 year old who told police that he had heard Damien discussing the murders he admitted to Lax that he had told the police misinformation. So Zach Lax turns on a the tape recorder and interviews him and his mom. The mom said she was asked to bring him to the station to be questioned and that he was questioned. Then he was given a polygraph and then he was questioned again. And the statements before and after the polygraph were way different. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and also what the kid's 16. Okay. 
She was asked to sit outside of the room during the questioning, and she didn't know, and the police didn't tell her, that she had a right to be with her son while he was no questioned. Shit, no shit, he's underage. A- am I wrong with this? People, no, you're people right. People don't realize that. Oh, my God. Well, I'll, I know, well, I know, I know. That's I know. insane. People need to get very familiar with their rights. Yeah. Um. So the boy said that, he the reason his stories were different was because at first he told the truth that he didn't know anything he said they gave him the polygraph and then they told him that he was lying and they kept on and kept on yelling at him so in his statement after that he told ridge and durham that he had heard damien say that he was there when the boys were killed Hmm. Hmm. something sounds like smells like tastes like coercion (laughs) (laughs) uh lax lax asked the boy you know like were you scared when you were being questioned and he said yeah he was afraid they were going to try to say he had been there and then he'd get arrested and go to court god yeah so about a month before the trials would start this new witness a a different new guy named michael carson showed up he was 16 and he was on probation and he was in and out of jail a lot he got picked up on suspicion of burglary in november of 93 in January of 94, he said that back in August, he had been in the same jail where police were holding Jason and that Jason had bragged to him about the murders and gave him what he called gory details about the murders. And he said that Jason also said he would like to, quote, whip Miss Kelly's ass for ratting them all out. Mm. This doesn't sound like Jason at all. No, at all. <laughs> like, Jason has always, like, maintained that he had nothing to do with it. You yeah. know, like... He never gave any any weirdness, you know? Well, so, okay. And maybe I'm just, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. But, like, someone that's already in jail mm-hmm. trying to help out prosecution of someone that's... Uh-huh. It's oh, a red flag, oh, bro. Uh-huh. I, really? Okay. Someone anyway. who has multiple issues with the law. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's almost like my sentence could be reduced if I make some shit up to try to tag nah. somebody else. Uh-huh. Yikes. No, he did it out of the kindness of his heart. Yeah, no, honestly, and, and I feel bad even saying what I said. No, so. but, uh, and I think, uh, <laughs> I think his, his court-appointed lawyer was Damien's lawyer, I believe. Like, oh, really? It's such a small... Well, that makes sense, yeah. Um, So the defense saw this whole thing as suspicious because, you know, Jason maintained all along he was innocent and he's going to say this to somebody that he knew less than 24 hours and also suspicious that Michael Carson didn't report this until five months after it allegedly happened during which his legal troubles had escalated. Uh, And Michael Carson was the... uh, The guy saying that he heard that. Yeah. Got it. Uh, the prosecution was also going to call a Dr. D.W. Griffiths to testify as an expert on cult-related murders. Apparently, all the prosecutors had to show Dr. Griffiths as evidence of cult involvement was some of Aaron Hutchison's weird fucking stories. Hmm. So then we get to Damien's writings. Um, you remember they took some of his journals and, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, The defense was worried that they would use some of those to say he was a killer. Shettles, Lax's assistant, she reviewed them for content to try to figure out, like, hey, what might we expect them to use against him? Mm-hmm. And she said there's not anything here that could really be damaging. It's just writings about despair, loneliness, and thoughts of death and suicide. Goth kid shit, man. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> you know? yeah. Or how about just teenager shit? Thank yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even have to be goth shit. It's just like, dude, mm-hmm. yeah. You go through some rough times in fucking high yeah. school, man. You can't get out of your own head. Yeah. 
Um, they're also using Damien's reading choices against him. So when Jesse was on trial, the West Memphis Police Department looked at all the books that had been checked out of the Crittenden County Library by Damien, Jason, Jesse, or Domini. Why are y'all even fucking with Domini? What are yeah, you doing? I'm still trying to figure that out myself. So, so two, of, <laughs> two of the books that Damien checked out had interested the police. One was called Magic by Maurice Boisson and uh, Cotton Mather on Witchcraft by Colonial Minister Cotton Mather. Like, that's back in, like, the witch trials days, you know? Why are you... I mean, dude, that's like... Um, I, this This is just yeah. like... So, Lack said they should make a point to liken the three defendants' persecution to the witch hunts of the 17th century. I'm like, I, I kind of like it. I mean, nowadays, everybody throws around witch hunt as sure. anything, but I don't yeah. think they were doing it so much 30 years ago. Yeah. So, years after the trials, Jesse was interviewed in prison, and he said that he had been under a lot of pressure from the prosecutors to testify against Damien and Jason. I can't imagine. And he said they told him that if he didn't testify, Damien and Jason would go free, and they would go after his girlfriend. Which, I mean, dude, they are literally just preying on this dude. They are. Period. They have been. Like, now well, I you've, mean, you, I, Now I you've that. convicted him, and you're still doing it. Yeah. Like, I mean, ugh. like, this is just... Yeah, it's so this sad. Is insane, dude. Thankfully, this time his parents helped him understand the situation, telling them that if he lied at Damien and Jason's trial, he would have to live with that for the rest of his life. So that like made his decision, made his mind up. Yeah, he said this way: if I ever do get out, my name will be clear, and I can live pretty much a decent life. This poor naive kid. No, I know, dude. So the Jonesboro Sun uh, newspaper in Jonesboro. Mm reported that Damien and Jason were night and day different from Jesse Miss Kelly in regards to how they seemed in the courtroom. Yeah. Um, Damien was just like staring off at the ceiling and then guffawing at things that the teacher, er, teacher, that the judge said. Yeah. So like just loudly laughing and stuff. I'm like, straighten up. This is serious. Oh, dude. So this kind of reminds me of the trial with, um, well, Involving high schoolers versus uh, uh, the fucking trial with uh, Manson. I was going to say, one of the Manson people. Yeah, yeah. That, it, that it's like, that they're like doing all this shit that it's like, I mean, like, Are you just they're, trying they're to still adults. come across as weird? Yeah, that it's like, no, no, it's not cool to be an edgelord in the yeah. fucking, like, court system. Like, <sighs> they don't think that's funny or edgy or anything. No. Like you're going to get the book fucking thrown yeah. at you if you pull this shit. So. And I, part of it makes me think, like, Damien's 18. He yeah. is an edgelord. Yeah. And he's probably just so defeated. Yeah. Like, he's probably just laughing at, like, how ridiculous it I mean, we're laughing at well, how ridiculous no, and, it all and is, that's, you know? That's, that, and that's a very good point. No shit. Because it, it is one. It's It's like looking around and being like, Look at the evidence they have against yeah. us. You, you've got to be joking. Yeah. Like, this has to be a fucking joke. Exactly. Uh, there's so many things that we've yeah. said that about. No, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Um, so the paper also said that he would toss around his long black hair a lot and, like, look around the room. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and he holds his head high almost proudly as he walks by the media. So I guess Jesse's lawyer was right to tell him kind of look, you know, like defeated, defeated and like slumped and over like, and yeah. stuff. Um, even though they said Damien and Jason's demeanor, I, the book didn't get into anything about Jason's demeanor. So I don't know if they really even mentioned it in the paper. Yeah. Um, but like that, that's the, 
fascinating things because it's like, okay, so you like hang your head and stuff, and it's like, oh, well, he's doing that because he's guilty. Can't win. Or or he holds his head up, and it's like, oh, well, he's proud of the murder that he committed. Exactly. And it's like, wait a second. You can't so win. So what's the option? Yeah. Like, how am I supposed to behave here? It's, yeah. You're, you're fucked either yeah. way. I mean, you're yeah. supposed to already that's, be that's in the electric evidence, chair. Yeah. yeah. Evidence and literally the presentation of evidence and, and what you can prove and what you cannot should be the way that the justice system should follow these things, but it's not. It's like all up to interpretation and perception. Yeah. By the jury. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just. And by the media. Up. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and dude, God, the media plays such a big part. I know. It's wild. Like literally mm-hmm. you can have, you can have decisions already made before courts st- or I'm sorry, trials start. Yeah. Just because of media coverage. Judge Burnett actually, so. like, complimented the media after Jesse Miss Kelly's trial and really? was like, you guys did a great job covering this. Jeez. Oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah. Judge. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> you should not have a fucking opinion. Your, as, your whole you job is to not have. Why, yeah. why are you talking to the media? Yeah. Uh, it's insane, dude. So third day of court, Damien's walking in. Jury selection's still going. They've just got, like, nine jurors picked all and three days into jury selection, okay? Mm. Um. And a reporter shouts, who did it? And Damien turns and says, Byers. It's not a good look. Damien, it's not. Keep your mouth shut. But surely, surely God. Well, and maybe not. Like, would his lawyer not just be like, just don't talk? Right? Don't talk. I'm sure like, they literally. probably did. And uh, But uh, you can't. <laughs> what do you do, Muslim? Well, I mean, you can't, it's a no, fucking and, teenager. Yeah. You, you can't. It's Damien. It's 18-year-old Damien. I just, I just, I, I. Okay, I I vaguely remember what it was like to be eighteen. Sure, and I feel like if someone sat me down and said, "Hey, this is very serious," I would. You think, need to yeah. you need to well, not talk or bad yeah. very bad things can happen. Yeah, well, dude, at the same time, Daniel, would be the fucking word for me. But go at ahead, the same yeah. time, this this person came from a very rough background, and he's trying to play the character of I'm a fucking like you said, edge. I'm boy. a badass. You know I'm, I'm not saying? afraid like, of anything. I'm, I'm going to troll, and because in his mind, I didn't do this shit. Yeah. So like, I'm just going to play on it. Right. I really wonder at That's, this point if he's still thinking there's no way like none of us can like we didn't confess that yeah. none of us like. Going into I mean, it, it looks better because for in his them. mind, he didn't do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, in his mind, it's like I didn't do it. So well, in why reality, the fuck don't believe, he didn't you know? do it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so it's like anyway. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um. So some of the prospective jurors had told the judge that they were afraid, and Judge Burnett told reporters that as the jurors were selected, their names would be made public, but the media he's requesting them not to publish the names. Which I don't know if they usually publish jurors' names. I don't think they did. Well, I don't think they do. I Not for high-profile cases, right? Well, but exactly. Don't you sequester the jurors? But I wouldn't even jurors? think for low-profile cases. Like I feel like that would just be a court document that would be like whatever that it yeah. would be whatever privy to the judge and like maybe like yeah. lawyers that, and shit yeah, exactly. or whatever. Well, I guess know? if it's, I mean, the files are probably public. I, I don't know. But I, I don't know no at clue. what point they get made public. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that's a really bad thing to have jurors' names public. Yeah. I yeah. don't care what kind yeah. of case no, it is. No, exactly. Just because you, you open them up to retribution. Yeah. From like, Against whoever the defendant exa- was. Exactly. Ugh. So, I don't so, know. So, um, 
Judge Burnett also announced that he would be taking one more step to have prospective jurors questioned privately in his chambers, not in open court. Mm-hmm. And the commercial appeal, the newspaper that's caused the most stink, mm-hmm. um, they protested this, saying that it went against Arkansas state law that requires all trials and hearings to be public. But the defense and the prosecution actually both agreed that they were more likely to get a fair jury with the private selection. Yeah. Because, like, these people are afraid to get involved because, like... Well, it's a, it's a small... It's a small community, community right? and they've so. got like their own like. Oh, one of the jurors that gets picked is a, is a self employed businessman. Uh. Imagine if he like finds Damien innocent, or yeah. I'm sorry, not guilty. Yeah, yeah. now he's going to be harassed. Yeah, for yeah. The like he's going to be his black, gonna, yeah. blacklisted. Yeah, yeah. So it makes mm-hmm. sense, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the newspaper went to the state supreme court. And they issued or scheduled an emergency session. But at that point, the jury had already been selected. So and I I put in here what they said about the jury this time, because it was pretty similar to what was in Jesse's. But this is the actual um, layout. There was one nurse, three housewives, a building contractor, two factory workers, an Air Force airman, a bookkeeper, a speech pathologist, a state highway department worker and a self-employed businessman. So, like, a pretty good spread like of a, different yeah, a good yeah. swath of yeah. people. So. Um, and then days later, the Arkansas Supreme Court ruled that the judge's decision for private questioning of potential jurors was improper, but it didn't actually impact the trial. Like, they didn't, like, start jury selection over or anything. It was yeah. too late. They let it keep going. Gotcha. So the trial finally gets started. Fogelman described the scene like he had in the last trial. Jason Baldwin's lawyer gets up there. Uh, his name is Paul Ford. Um, he described Jason as an average student. He's not a troublemaker. He came from a poor background. Um, he actually mentioned Jason had two younger brothers and like, because their mom worked early shifts, Mm -hmm. he had to like get them up and get ready for school and make sure they caught the bus and stuff. So like responsible little kid, you know, uh, he said Jason was only arrested for the murders because the police did a sloppy investigation fair guilty <laughs> he brought up that i think that's more than fair yeah. Right? Yeah. he brought up that there was a ton of stuff of jason sent to the crime lab as well as to the fbi and to experts in alabama and that no evidence was found to connect jason to the murders that's pretty bold you know yeah. like that makes mm. a good point mm. y'all tested all of a my shit, shit and yeah. couldn't find anything um <laughs> But before that had been made public, Gitchell had gone in front of the press and said that the proof against Jason was on a scale of one to 10 and 11. And (laughs) from that point forward, according to Paul Ford, nobody believed Jason, no matter what he said. That's fair. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, he's just laying it out. I feel like we should like start, uh, you know, like if, if someone says like, man, I fucked up. I think we should just be like, man, I really pulled a Gitchell. <laughs> yeah. Or a Jerry Driver. Or a Jerry, man. I'm, I just really dro- drove myself. Man. Yeah, if you have a, at the a, very a, beginning, like an axe to grind. At the very beginning, you know, I, always, I always fall for Gitchell. I'm always like, he's trying his best. And then like a little bit, and I'm and like, fuck this, this guy. Yeah, dude. It's like, fuck, man. So Damien's lawyer, Val Price, also mentioned sloppy police work. Uh, Val said that he knows Damien's not all American, and that he is kind of weird. But there's no evidence that he murdered the boys. Yeah. Which is fa- like, I mean, hey, look at him. He's not your normal guy. Sure. He's not a murderer. Like, <laughs> like what? Can you frame me a little at better? At the most sir? basic level. Can yes, you present me as like right, well-read or something? <laughs> yeah. I'm- 
I just feel like a lot of people took this as an opportunity. It's like, oh, we have the limelight. Uh, let's think about ourselves and how we're going to be, you know, I, looked I, at in this community. I do think the defense lawyers really genuinely did try. I, th- I think they all did. All right, well, dude, uh, this is the the issue was not that they weren't trying. That it's they like weren't the prose- capable. Well, it was the 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 prosecution was just like literally fabricating shit. Oh yeah, or making yeah, the, making the odds things were stacked oh, against God, them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, the defense had no money for shit. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um. So the prosecution called all three of the boys' mothers individually up to testify about the last time that they saw their son, and they did that in Jesse's trial too. But this time, they called a witness who testified that on the evening of May 5th, he saw not three, but four kids enter Robin Hood Woods, and the defense knew that they were setting it up for Aaron Hutchison to testify. Mm. Oh, my god! Which they couldn't really do and still use Jesse's confession against him because uh, Jesse never no. mentioned there being a fourth boy. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. I didn't think about that until yeah. they, yeah. So there's a whole lot of similar testimony given, same photos shown, all that stuff. I'm skipping over that part. But uh, they did mention that Stevie and Michael died of drowning and that Christopher died of multiple injuries. Um, Ridge showed, or Ridge asked, nope, Ridge was asked how evidence found with the bodies was handled. I, I was reading this just with my mouth hanging open. Yeah. He said, since the clothes and the shoes were wet, they had to be dried before sending them to the lab. So they put the items in used paper grocery bags. Yeah, that's how evidence should be handled. And then they took them to the police station, took them out to air dry overnight on Gitchell's office floor, Mm -hmm. and then were bagged Mm -hmm. back up and sent to the crime lab. Yeah, That was my face. Reading it and typing That's it. That's proper and chain of command. I don't know if, what if you the, know anything about it, but... What? No. No. Used paper bags. No. How about just... You... How about just paper bags in general? You are like, a government agency. Do what, fucking better. Is, is plastic not the, like, the go-to? Because it's like, hey, guess what? Probably going to be able to, like, scrape... Any kind of evidence I if it if is deposited for, on... Because I've, I've seen other crimes where they've used paper bags for, like, specifically clothing oh, really? evidence. And I wonder if there's a reason for it. Okay. Maybe I'm... I, I'm probably just, like, racking my brain no, for, it's like, weird the to S- me too, SVU, but, you know, yeah, Law yeah. & Order SVU, that it's, like, everything's in plastic bags right? kind of thing. But, like, I mean, plastic makes the most sense yeah. to me. But seems like you could seal it and not just like roll the top down on it. Yeah. Like it's and, some eggs. Uh, I'm uh, Wow, dude. Yeah. So Damien's lawyer brought up the blood samples from the Bojangles and Ridge had to explain that those samples were never sent to a lab because they were lost. The defense lawyers argued like off of like not in front of the jury or anything. Yeah. Uh, about whether to bring up cult activity. Damien's lawyers wanted to point it out and mention that the police focused too much on cults and Satanism to the detriment of pursuing other possibilities. Yeah. Uh, Jason's lawyers didn't want to mention it all unless there was any factual basis that cult activity had been found. Uh, Ford, Jason's lawyer, didn't think that Jason could be linked to anything relating to cults or Satanism, but he worried that if it got brought up, it would still like hurt Jason's case, which, yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Judge Burnett asked Fogelman 
do you intend to prove motive? And because that's not required of the prosecution, mm-hmm. Fogelman just danced around it and didn't really answer it. Um, Judge Burnett ruled that Damon's lawyer could question police on their intent in cult activity only if the prosecutors decided that they would introduce cult activity as motive. And they don't really decide yet. So that's still up in there. And they okay. go back into trial. Okay. So Dr. Frank Peretti, who had done the autopsies, he agreed with the prosecutors that, yeah, some of Christopher's wounds were consistent with the knife from the lake. And he also agreed with Jason's lawyer that most serrated knives, not just this one, could have caused the injuries. And then finally, he agreed with Damien's lawyer that the knife from Byers would have made wounds consistent with that blade's serrations. Thank you for your time. Like, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> but I mean... Sounds like a yes man. Just well, saying yes No, but it's basically like, all they can do is answer the questions presented to them, you know? And they're like, could this knife have done it? And he's like, sure, I mean, but could. a ton of others could. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he does just sound really agreeable right there. <laughs> um, yes, yes, yes. Well, do you have any other questions? Yes. <laughs> so he really goes through like the three victims' injuries in a lot of detail. Yeah. I'm not going to do that because I, I went over that pretty good before and it's heavy. So we're skipping it this time. <laughs> okay. Uh, y'all have heard most of it. If uh, you need to hear it, what, episode, episode one? Episode one, yeah. There you go. Uh, Peretti said that he wasn't able to even estimate a time of the deaths, which is what he had put on the like death certificates and stuff or the autopsies mm-hmm. was that like, he just didn't know a time of death based yeah. on like all the info that he had. Okay. So Paul Ford, Jason's lawyer, he asked Peretti if it would have taken some skill and precision to form, to perform the castration on Christopher and Peretti said, yes. Ford asked him, how long would it take you, like a doctor like yourself, to do that? Yeah. And Peretti is like, well, that's a difficult question. Like, it would take quite some time. It's not something I could do in five or ten minutes. And Ford said, that's you as a doctor who's experiencing this. Yeah. In a lab with a scalpel, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. So then he said, point by point, each factor. Would it be more difficult in the dark? Would it be more difficult in the water? Would it be more difficult in the dark and in the water? Would it be more difficult in the dark and in the water and with mosquitoes all around? And Peretti was like, yeah, honestly, I don't think I could have even done it in those circumstances. So, uh, mm. and maybe I'm just, I, I feel like a crude castration yeah. would not be that difficult. I know. You just grip and cut, right? Well, I, and so, I, I know I'm being like real, like fucking matter of fact about it but this next part that okay, I, I put okay, okay. about because i this like whole theory came out after this book was published yeah um it at least got big after this book was published yeah there was this pretty widely believed theory that animals actually did the damage that was thought to be done by a knife to christopher's genitals mm-hmm. and to which they kept calling like this ritual castration sure and then they're like it's probably turtles Really? And, like, honestly, mm. if you Google, like, West Memphis 3 turtle, some articles come up. Um, I've got a link to an oxygen one that's good. Uh-huh. They had a herpetologist with, that's, like, a reptileologist. 
Um, <laughs> I like it. Not not herpes. <laughs> Herpetology. Yeah, I'm seeing mine next week. This is turtle. This is turtle dog. Picked it up in picked it up in undergrad. It's been getting me ever no. since. <laughs> so uh, they had this herpetologist, and they said that the damage on Byers' genitals seemed more consistent with turtles feeding than the cleaner cuts that a knife would make. Oh, weird. So I'm just like. Everybody seems so certain of it at the time of the trial. And then later they look at it more. And I guess it's just like part of how like knowledge is always evolving. And like people are thinking more outside the box. But or like people are thinking more clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, because I mean, like has God, settled some. Yeah. You're not directly involved. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is this comes back to the old uh, saying hindsight's 2020 yeah but at the same time you got to have your eyes open and these guys didn't and they even said like (laughs) there had been some like uh like gouges like on his like thighs around and they said that looked like it was probably from like a turtle's claws like oh interesting yeah that's that's wild i know and then um same for the lacerations and the gouges to all the boys faces like those were also likely turtle claws turtle mouths you know Mm mm-hmm um, when that report came out in 2007, it changed a whole lot of my, a whole lot of people's minds yeah. about the three being guilty, yeah. including Mark Byers. He decided oh. at that point, what after all the shit he talked, he was like, he's like, well, I watched a couple episodes of Planet Earth, and like, honestly, those turtles, <laughs> <laughs> they're some fucking scrappy sons of bitches. So, God. <laughs> so back to the trial. Fucking Mark Byers. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Once the defense pressed him more to estimate the time of death, Peretti said, okay, yeah, I can estimate it. You couldn't, oh, you couldn't do it for the reports, but now you've decided that you can, which is good for the defense. He yeah. said it would be a very broad range of between 1 a.m. and 5 to 7 a.m. So like. Well, why, why wouldn't he say 1 a.m. to 7 a.m.? I know, I know. That's how he worded it. It was very okay. strange. Um, but he was <laughs> he was taking into account air temp, water temp, the time they disappeared, the causes of their deaths, and the time that they were found. What? No, no, I was just thinking it was like, it's like... It's weird. You know, it's, it's like me being like, oh, you know, it's between, you know, 1 and 12 what? or 12 and... How about... Or 1 and how about 3. A, yeah. And it's like, well, how about a form my answer to kind of fit your narrative a little bit? Uh, He did not know uh, what their narrative uh, was. He definitely uh, wasn't doing that. Um, (laughs) Because the defense didn't have that narrative. No. Uh, uh, No, I'm talking about the prosecution. It's like, what do you want me to say? He's talking to the defense. Oh, I thought he was talking to the prosecution. My bad. (laughs) All right. Retract my previous that, (laughs) That would imply that the boys might have still been alive when the police were first out there searching but they were at a different location and that would also explain the lack of the blood where the bodies were found Mm. which Peretti also brought up like blood's really hard to clean up and especially like outside it's going to soak into the ground like it no yeah so and also this contradicted the the state the prosecution's timeline putting the time of death at least four hours later than their theory would even allow hmm uh, this was the part where it was like Fogelman was furious. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that also contradicted Jesse's confession. And when Stidham heard, he was overcome with all these thoughts about like, God, if I had gotten this out of him when Jesse was on trial mm. and like, he had even questioned Peretti. Like he was like, can you estimate? Could you, could you try to estimate? And Peretti's like, I just can't, I just can't. And now he can. 
to poor wow. him. So he yeah. files a motion with the judge to overturn Jesse's conviction and grant him a new trial. Um, so now that that kid who had said that Jason confessed to him in jail, he takes a stand. His testimony, plus that fiber that was microscopically similar to those in a woman's bathrobe at Jason's house, mm. and the knife from the lake, that's everything they had against Jason. So Michael Carson... So nothing? Nothing. <laughs> Michael Carson said that Jason told him how he dismembered the kids. The kids weren't dismembered. Yeah. Uh, he went into some more detail... I'll put it, I'll put it. I was, I kept, I've gone like all week been like, should I include this or not? He said that, that Jason said that he, um, sucked the blood out of the genitals and then put the testicles in his mouth. Who? who? Jason. Did Jason did that? Yeah. <sighs> this is news. What? Yeah. And again, I mean, this th- is, they're, this they're is literally what? saying that shit that it's like. We've already recovered the bodies. This didn't happen. Yeah. Well, like, they never found the genitals. Oh, that's a good point. Sorry. Sorry. But, like, wh- no one has said this. And also, like, you got this. Jason told you this within a day of meeting you? What? <sighs> and then, and the, the reason he said, the reason he said he came forward five months after. Um, Jason had told him all this was that he had seen the family on TV and just saw how broken hearted they were. And he's just a soft hearted guy and he just couldn't stand it. He seems like one. He seems like a good kid. Yeah. Come on, man. So we're ending, we're ending there for this. Week. Oh shit. Okay. <sighs> we made it. But, um, yeah, so we'll get, we'll get through the rest of the trial and then the, uh, little bit of the aftermath in the next couple episodes and then we'll finally be done with this and put it to rest. No dude. Like I know, honestly, I know. This, this is just, it is it. I I listened to the uh, the uh, uh, last podcast on the left stuff like yeah. fucking probably two years ago. I re-listened and to it a couple weeks ago, and they they do a really good job. But like, there's so much to it. You can't include. There's it all. just so much. Yeah. Like, and it it is, and it's such a fucking debacle. Yeah. Like from fucking the beginning to the end, Ugh. man. It is just a mess. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Well, I, I for one, will say that you're doing a phenomenal job covering this shit. So, Thanks. Like, and honestly, like, it, it is just... I'm, I, just, I'm trying not to... I can't believe to... this ha- actually happened. This isn't fiction. I know. Like, <laughs> If this was a fiction book, it would get low ratings because people would be like, this is too far-fetched. Well, yeah, it's completely unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> too bad it's real. I mean, no, no, oh, exactly. Shit. I mean, no, like, no, it's completely yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's it. Yeah, it's just it's it's hard wow. to be reading it and be like, these are real people. These are all real people. This is real shit that happened. Yeah, it's a mess, but this is just how it happened. And, and people fucking like literally half their lives were spent in prison. Yeah, because of this. Yeah, because yeah. of this, just like comical fucking like trial. Yeah, and oh my god, it's just. They didn't get out till 2011. Absolutely insane, dude. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Ugh. I don't think I could have stood to cover this case if they were still in prison. No. Mm. No. Like, no wonder so many people had, like, Free the West Memphis 3 and stuff like that. Yeah. I did see them mentioned on something today as the West Memphis Free now that they're... And I'm like, I like that. That's good. That's good. So, but... 
Uh, well, actually, maybe we'll get into that. No, so I'll, I'll ask you off air. How about that? Okay. I, I, I say air, but whatever. <laughs> um, well, let us know what you guys thought about uh, Untethered 100 Part 4, uh, the West Memphis 3. Um, you can send that to tetherradio at gmail.com. That's T-E-T-H-E-R-R-A-D-I-O at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we're on, uh, oh, sorry, at tether underscore radio. Uh, we got our Tether Radio uh, After Dark Facebook group. Check out the newsletter that is only for the full episode. That's tetherradio.substack.com. Oh, and um, I didn't name my yeah. source this time, but it's still oh. the same book, The Devil's Not by Mara Leverett, there which you is go. great, but honestly, like, I'm so heavy covering it. If you read it, it's just going to be repetitive <laughs> at this point. <laughs> um, and uh, you're listening to Untethered currently. And uh, be sure to check out the Tether Merch store, tinyurl.com slash tethermerch. we got a bunch of stuff to check out. Just go there and peep it out. So, um, man, Allie, thank you, seriously, yeah. so much, man. Like, you have done a phenomenal job covering this stuff. I'm and glad like, you guys are still interested because I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not just wearing people out and then being no, like, dude. we're still going with this. No, no, no. It, it, <laughs> it is... It would do infuriating. it. No, it would do it no justice to just like skim over shit. Yeah, no, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, yeah for sure. Yeah. And and so there's like, so much detail. Yeah, yeah, and just like so much, just like absolute garbage, just man. Insane detail. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and I feel like it's necessary in my opinion. So yeah. Um. But anywho, mm-hmm. thank you guys for uh, spending right around uh right around an hour with us uh for untethered. And uh, we hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. Uh, we've got two more probably, probably, probably. Uh, untethered uh, to untethered. That's a weird word. I know. Um, to wrap up uh, <laughs> episode one hundred and all its parts. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're hoping you guys are enjoying this in the way that you enjoy true crime sure. because obviously it's very heavy. Um. Yeah, man. We hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. And uh, until then, take it easy, friendos. Bye. Bye.